today we are beginning a new sermon series on the Holy Spirit. Just a quick and easy topic. Um, We'll just wrap this up in about 20 minutes and you'll all know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. It's going to be super easy. (laughs) So, okay, I have two very strong memories from my childhood about how I saw different churches talk about the Holy Spirit. One memory was at the church where I grew up, and one memory was at uh, the church of a friend of mine. So my church, we did not talk about the Holy Spirit very much. We were the kind of church that sort of relegated the Holy Spirit to like the B team of the Trinity, right? We talked about God the Father. We talked about God the Son. They were super important. We sang to them. We worshiped them. We prayed to them. We learned about them. Uh, But the Holy Spirit, we did not talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. The closest we even really came to like uttering the phrase Holy Spirit was when we would talk about spiritual gifts. That was the closest we got to talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, One Sunday, though, for some reason, when I was in middle school, we sang a song about the Holy Spirit, and it was a song called Send It On Down, right? A song about a prayer for God to send the Holy Spirit down like at Pentecost and flood the church. It was a beautiful prayer. Um, I was on the worship team that morning. I was singing. And I remember watching this grown man who was very tall standing in the back of the sanctuary. And he was growing increasingly grumpy as the song went on and on. Eventually, he like left the sanctuary in a huff because we were singing a song about the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's one extreme. Okay? We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And then I had a friend who went to another church. Um, She was at a more Pentecostal church. And I remember vividly another uncomfortable situation that I had where my friend's dad kind of implied that I wasn't really saved because I didn't speak in tongues, which was confusing to me because already in middle school, I had a vibrant relationship with God. I was discovering who God made me to be. God was this strong, steady, faithful presence in my heart and in my life while my parents' marriage fell apart. I sensed God with me all the time. How could my faith, how could my salvation be inadequate because I didn't have this one spiritual gift? Right? So that's another extreme way of thinking about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we can get caught up in the sort of like outer fringes of the Holy Spirit conversation, the more extreme parts of that conversation, uh, and way, the ways in which various churches differ in their theology of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work. The complicated doctrine of exactly how God is three in one, exactly how Father, Son, Spirit relate to each other, this complicated subject has created fierce debate from the beginning of the church, okay? There's even a myth that at the Council of Nicaea in the year 325, St. Nicholas slapped a man called Arius because of his views on the Trinity. Uh, It's probably not true, but it sure makes for a fun meme about jolly old St. Nicholas at Christmas time. I came to give presents to kids and to punch heretics, and I just ran out of presents. (laughs) The role and person and work of the Holy Spirit is also one of the reasons that the Eastern Church and the Western Church ultimately split in the year 1054. So my point is, there has been a lot of debate on the nitty-gritty of how the Holy Spirit exactly works. And my feeling is, that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. God is far beyond 
our understanding. The idea of the Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Spirit, three distinct persons in one person, that's a difficult concept to wrap our heads around. My colleagues at seminary had difficulty writing papers on the subject, okay? It's big. It's beyond us. But the church has always had to be okay with a little bit of mystery about this God who is so much bigger than we are. That's what Isaiah means when he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So over these next few weeks, we're not going to try and understand what might actually be beyond us to understand, okay? That's not where we're going to spend our focus these next few weeks. Instead, as we talk about and learn about the Holy Spirit together, we're going to instead focus on the large portion of our understanding of the Holy Spirit that every Orthodox Christian church can agree on, okay? We're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit has a practical impact on our daily lives as we, as a community, try to follow Christ. We're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit mediates the presence of God, how the Holy Spirit convicts us and teaches us, how the Holy Spirit gifts us, how the Holy Spirit empowers the work that God has for us. And we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is actually what makes our unity as a church possible. So that's where we're going over the next few weeks, okay? So if you came here for hoping for a really heady conversation on the details of the doctrine and the theology of the Holy Spirit, I hate to disappoint you, but that's just not where we're going to go. We can talk about that more, but not not together on Sundays. Is that okay? You guys good? Okay. (laughs) I have some books for you if you'd like to read. (laughs) I'd love to give you some of my seminary books if you want to talk more about that stuff. But as we start, I think there's an important question we need to answer about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who do we think the Holy Spirit is? Here at Harbor, at every Orthodox Christian church, we believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity who mediates the presence of God and enables our shared life in Christ. This is something every church can agree on. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity who mediates the presence of God and enables our shared life in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. This is an important starting place. This statement that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity has two important components that we need to talk about. First, we need to talk about that this means that the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, not a created being. The Holy Spirit is God. First to say that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity means that we believe the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is divine. Whatever we say is true of God is true of the Holy Spirit. God is omniscient. That means as part of God, the Holy Spirit knows all things. God is omnipresent. He could be everywhere all at once. This is true of the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity. This is important to note because I think sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit like maybe he first showed up on the scene at Pentecost, like he was like a sleeper agent until then, and then he was like, bam, here I am. But actually, the Holy Spirit, being God, 
is co-eternal with God. That means the Holy Spirit has been in existence since eternity past as part of the Trinity, just like God the Father and God the Son. And the Bible speaks about this reality. Genesis 1-2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit was with God, part of God at creation, participating in the work of creation as part of the Trinity. In Job, we read that early in the life of God's people, they saw the Spirit of God as involved in the work of creating life. In Job 33.4, we read, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So the Holy Spirit is active throughout the Bible, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is active in the first chapter of the book of Genesis and in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. The Holy Spirit is at work throughout the entire storyline of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is clearly depicted as being God in Scripture because he does work that God does. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit creates life, cares for creation, saves humans, and raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 8.11 testifies to the Holy Spirit's role in Christ's resurrection and in our renewal. Romans 8.11 says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the birth of Christ, in Christ's baptism, in Christ's testing in the wilderness, in his ministry, in his miracles, and in his resurrection. The Holy Spirit is at work throughout the Bible in God's redemptive plan as a co-participant with the Father and the Son. So, in addition to the biblical testimony that the Holy Spirit is co-eternal with God, that the Holy Spirit does the work of God, The Bible also explicitly refers to the Holy Spirit as God, uses spirit and God as interchangeable. Um, We see an example of this in the book of Acts. Uh, So in the book of Acts, in the early church, we read that a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, pay attention to that, to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? And here it is. You have not lied to man, but to God. So here, the apostles understood the Spirit as being co-equal with God. In verse 9 of that same chapter, Paul used the phrase, testing the Spirit of the Lord, which was a phrase that was used commonly in the Old Testament to mean sinning against God. So the Orthodox Church early on came to the agreement that the Holy Spirit is not a separate being created by God, but is in fact God himself. This means we can pray to the Holy Spirit. We can worship the Holy Spirit. We can rely on the Holy Spirit to do everything that God does because the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the three-in-one God. So first, the Holy Spirit is God, not a created being. The second important piece of the Holy Spirit's identity is that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
not an impersonal force. So just like God the Father and God the Son, the Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is not some sort of ethereal energy just floating around out there somewhere that we can't quite know. The Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit can be known. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit wants to know you. This is important too, because I think sometimes with names like Father and Son, it's easy for us to imagine those two parts of the Trinity as like personal beings. They have family names, Father and Son. So it's easy for us to imagine them as people like us that have ideas and personalities and emotions. Uh, But the Holy Spirit is sometimes talked about as this mysterious, impersonal smoke floating through the air like a fog machine. (laughs) But the Bible speaks to the personhood of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has intelligence, that the Holy Spirit teaches things. John 14, 26, Jesus himself says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and he'll bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has emotions, too. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. In the Bible, we read that the Spirit testifies, teaches, leads, prays, gives gifts, intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit is a personal being who Jesus said could be known, just like he and the Father could be known. So this is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, not a created being, and the Holy Spirit is personal, not some detached mystical force floating around over our heads. Okay, Katie, great. Why does this matter? Why does this matter? Beyond just some theological exercise about who the Holy Spirit is, why does it matter that the Holy Spirit is God, and that the Holy Spirit is personal. Well, it matters to us because the Holy Spirit is who is enabling our very life as a community. The Holy Spirit mediates the presence of God to sustain the life of the church. The Holy Spirit does that particularly in this era of redemptive history, right, where sin has broken our ability to see God face to face, to physically hear his voice, to physically touch him. The Holy Spirit is who keeps us connected to God. Jesus said that when he left to go back to heaven, the Holy Spirit would have a unique role to play in the church. John 16, Jesus told the disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus said it was better for the disciples if he left and for the Spirit to come. Jesus said this because he knew the Holy Spirit would inhabit the heart of every single person who wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus could only be physically in one place at once at a time when he was in a human body. But the Holy Spirit could be everywhere could empower everyone. Jesus left so the Holy Spirit would come. And what a gift the Holy Spirit is. Jesus said that the Spirit would teach the disciples everything they needed to know. He would help them to remember what he said, 
What an encouragement that must have been. They spent three years with Jesus, listening to him talk, caring about what he was saying. But you know, I, like, most of you probably don't remember what, what I preached about two weeks ago, <laughs> right? How were they to remember everything Jesus said over the course of his ministry? Well, the Holy Spirit helped them to remember. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would help them remember what he said. The Holy Spirit would help convict of sin. And the New Testament records that when the Holy Spirit showed up on the disciples in Acts, they were empowered to go talk to people in other languages, to preach, to help more people know Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit helped the early church stay unified as they figured out what it meant to live in community with people that were really different than them. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to everyone to help the church do its work. The Holy Spirit brings peace instead of the fear that Sam was talking about this morning. The Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of love in our lives and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit makes us like that. The Holy Spirit renews the discouraged, gives strength to the weak, gives wisdom when we don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit gives us whatever we need to follow Jesus. Whatever we need to do the work God has for us. Whatever we need to sense God's presence with us. Whatever we need to become more like Jesus. That is what the Holy Spirit does. Wow! (laughs) Right? What a gift! What an amazing, beautiful, extravagant gift the Holy Spirit is to us. And Ephesians 1 tells us that the Holy Spirit is not just for a few extra spiritually mature people. The Holy Spirit is for everyone, everyone. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is available to everyone who believes in Jesus. And when we see evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, that's our guarantee, our present reminder of the promise we have of what is coming in the end. We see the Holy Spirit at work in us whenever we see ourselves becoming more loving, more kind, more gentle, more patient. We experience the Holy Spirit at work when the perfect Bible verse comes to mind in a moment of grief or confusion. We see the Holy Spirit at work in us when we hear his voice prompting us to choose to obey God's word instead of choosing our own way. The Holy Spirit is at work when we don't know what to pray. And we just hold our hands open and sense God's presence with us in the moment. We sense the Spirit of God in us whenever we somehow just have the right words for a friend who's hurting. We experience the Holy Spirit at work in us when we feel a deep sense of peace when it makes no worldly sense. We experience the Holy Spirit at work when we do something that we know we could not do in our own power. All of this and more is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in us. All of these are the gift of God. 
reminding us of his presence with us constantly. And all of this is just the deposit, the small bit of what's coming in the new heavens and the new earth. So over these next few weeks, as we learn together about the Holy Spirit, as we practice openness to the Holy Spirit, my prayer, my hope, is that we'll become more aware of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. More aware of his constant presence with us. More confident, not in our own abilities, but in the Spirit's power. Over these next few weeks, my prayer is that we will experience greater openness to the work of the Spirit so that we learn as a community to rely more and more on the Holy Spirit and less and less on our intelligence, our ability, our strength, our strategies. So as we close uh, this morning, this message part of our service, I want to give you some time to consider the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Maybe this morning you just are sitting here so encouraged about the gift of the Holy Spirit And maybe in these next few moments, you just need to give God praise to thank the Holy Spirit for what he's doing in your life. Maybe you haven't really thought about the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you came from a background like mine where we didn't even talk about the Holy Spirit. And you haven't paid too much attention to the work of the Spirit in your life. I'd like to invite you this morning to pray, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you be open to the work he's doing in you to help you recognize the small ways every day that the Spirit is at work in your heart and in your life. Or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, wow, what a gift, the Holy Spirit. Wow, is this what it means to walk with Jesus, to have peace in chaos, to have wisdom when it's confusing, to have hope in the darkness? And maybe you've never taken the step to believe the gospel of Jesus, to turn your life over to him. Maybe in these next few moments, the best thing you could do is just tell Jesus that you want to follow him. You want this gift of the Holy Spirit. You want the gift of a relationship with God. Just tell him that and see what he does. We're promised that if we're following Jesus, we are given the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. If you want to talk or pray, I'll be out in the cafe, and I'll love to pray with you about this. But let's take these next few moments and just spend some time reflecting on our own openness and awareness of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Sam's going to come up, and he's going to play quietly for a few minutes while we reflect, and then he's going to lead us um, in another song. So let me pray, and then we'll do that. Spirit, we know you are at work in us and through us, and we are so thankful for the gift you are, the way you enable the life of this church, the way you help us practice unity together, though we are so different, the way you give us gifts and strength to do what we know is beyond us. So, Lord, in these next few moments, will you help us to be open to you, to hear what your Spirit is saying about our relationship and our openness and our discernment of your work in our lives. Help us over these next weeks to grow in our, um, our relationship with you, our awareness of you, our sensitivity to you, so that we look more and more like Jesus and so that this world looks more and more like heaven. In your name we pray, amen.